You're listening to In The Lead, the podcast for real estate pros looking to grow their business. Whether you're new to the business or a seasoned pro, we come to you each week with the latest technology and online strategies to help you sell more, work less, and make a difference in your community through your real estate business. This show is brought to you by Easy Agent Pro, creators of Lead Sites, the ultimate lead generation website for agents. For show notes and links, check out easyagentpro.com slash podcast. Good afternoon, EA peers, and welcome to the In The Lead podcast. Um, today, we have kind of a small group on the round table. Um, we have one of our usual members, Kelvin, our marketing guru, and he'll be sitting in and kind of giving us some marketing advice off of this week's topics. And then we have a very special guest, Paula Bauman, who is a writer, editor, and content creator for our blogs. And you guys actually see a lot of her content um, throughout like a weekly a weekly basis, so it's kind of exciting to have her on here as well. So everybody say hello. Hey, welcome, Hi. Paula. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Super exciting to have you. Um, we can just dive right into it if you if you folks want to. Uh, the first thing that I want to show everybody, and 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 we'll actually link it in the show notes. Uh, the NRA came out with a really fantastic uh, home buyers and sellers profile for 2016. And now that the year's wrapping up, it seems like it'd be a really fitting time to kind of discuss some of the numbers. Um, one of them that I thought was pretty interesting was that uh, buyers of new homes made up 14% of buyers of previously owned homes made up 86. So it seems like the used housing market or the the previously owned homes market is still pretty dominant. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Do you want to talk about that, Kelvin? Yeah. Um, I... I... I'm not entirely too, too surprised. I think it's going to continue to grow that trend. I think home prices are on the rise right now and people are continuing to look for the best deal. I know Paula was actually considering writing some a blog actually on some of this information. Um, was that one of the stats you were wanting to include, Paula? Yeah, so I've actually been looking at a lot of these stats because I think that just like, you know, we find them so interesting. Agents should be able to see those trends as well so they can kind of focus their efforts that way. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, you know, not just pertaining to something like buyers, the home sellers has some pretty interesting stats too. Mm-hmm. It, I, th- I find it really mind blowing that the typical age for a seller was 54 years old. Um, what I want to know is, you know, what's causing that? What's causing these older baby boomer type people to sell, to sell their home? Mm-hmm. Um, is it the inflation? Is it just the inability to take care of a large property? Uh, I just find that type of stuff that the NRA is doing a really, really great research on, I think is just really mind-blowing statistics and pretty interesting. And it might help real estate agents kind of, you know, pinpoint those sellers um, and and try and capture a piece of that big pie. Because that seems like a lot of amount. That seems like a lot of people if it's, you know, an average yeah, I age just, of 54. I think, that, I think that demographic is just starting to finally reach a point where it makes sense to downsize into a more uh, cost-effective and a more uh, practical layout. So like I was just, I was talking with two agents last week actually about creating specific ads and content for people who are looking to downsize specifically. And then we were adjusting the targeting options on Facebook to that obviously being an older demographic because that's just where they're at at life right now. Anywhere from, you know, 50, 60 on upwards, those people are clearly going to be looking for a much more manageable home. So that's a very important statistic and it's going to influence the way you create your content throughout the rest of the, this year and into 2017. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a that's a great point, and also um, a great one that we've seen as well is that eighty nine percent of home sellers worked with a real estate agent to sell their home. So I think that that can just really increase the confidence in all agents that they are still incredibly relevant, even though 
we're in this huge information age. Uh, I think what that means is now more than ever, sellers and buyers are needing that guidance yeah, to, absolutely. to make the right decision. Especially with all of the stuff that we kind of discussed on, on um, you know, a couple weeks ago, the podcast about chatbots, and then Paula came out with a fantastic article about them as well. Um, you know, there's all these beneficial resources that people have, and they still end up falling back on the actual human interaction with an agent or a broker. And um, I think that this you know, this information that they're giving us really shows that, uh, I, I, that's what I, that's what I feel about it. Definitely. Let's see. here. Yeah, because that's exactly what they are. They're resources, they're tools, but they're really, I don't think will ever be a replacement for that, that human element for that relationship. Right. Well, I mean, there's a stat here for buyers, uh, specifically 88% of buyers recently purchased their home through a real estate agent. Um, I don't, I don't see that changing at all anytime soon. And we've, we've discussed that before. Um, it's, it's pretty wild to see, like, like we were saying that, you know, they are tools They're they're not real people. And it's very, very important that, um, agents realize that. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. This information is fantastic. And like I said, I will link it on the show notes and then Paula, we, we're looking forward to your blog post about it. That'll be really, really exciting to see. Um, so moving right along from that fantastic information NRA has given us, we can kind of look at some other fantastic information specifically geared towards uh, agents. Um, I managed to look around on housingwire.com and found an article, uh, which I later found out you also created one, Paula, of the top did, five yeah. questions that real estate agents should look out for. Um, yeah, and you wrote one as well. So if yeah, you want sure. to discuss so, that a little um, bit, that I did would be an article on, I believe it was called the top seven questions that agents should be ready to answer in the new year, and then some things that they should think about for responses. Um, it's pretty likely that they've seen some of these questions before, but the way that they answer them can evolve. So if you're working with a first-time home buyer, you should have a buyer's guide ready for them or a free seller's guide ready to hand out to a seller, right? Um, but with that, there, there's going to be new questions, right. especially now that clients are so informed that they're going to want to know maybe what kind of camera do you have? How are you going to you know, uh, market my right. home online? And so agents really do need to have a plan to, um, mm. to have that kind of engaging conversation with their clients. Um, you know, let's see, what else, what other questions did we have? The, I like the camera one because surprisingly, uh, Kelvin and I have experienced this multiple times in our coaching sessions and in our office hours. People have asked what, mm -hmm. what type of program we're, edit, you know, we're editing with or what type of camera are we using and stuff like that. So it is very, very relevant information. One of the ones that I saw that I really liked and I thought was pretty interesting because I've noticed with a lot of uh, people using EAP lead sites, um, you know, they're, they're, they're younger, fresh real estate agents or fresh brokers. And my favorite one that I've seen people ask is how long have you been in the real estate yeah. business and how many homes have you sold this year? You have to have a game plan set for this. Um, it's pretty important to let the, the potential, you know, client have a little bit of a, a sense of ease, I guess, is the best way to say it. It's, it's, it would be the same way as if, as if you were asking an OBGYN who's fresh out of med school how many babies right. have they delivered. It's the same idea. Um, it's a lot, you know, it's a lot riding on getting the house sold or purchasing the house of their dreams. So making sure that you have a game plan and a proper answer yeah. for that is really, I think, really um, 
I think one of the things too you can do this first question, how long have you been in real estate? If you're in the, the situation where you're relatively new and fresh to real estate, and you don't really have an in-depth track record. I think you can kind of overcome that obstacle by creating very in-depth, helpful content mm -hmm. so that it just becomes almost like a, a pro. So it's like, wow, he's only been an agent two years, but he's got so much useful information for buyers and sellers. He's got his own video series that he's created on YouTube. He's got all this information. It's actually just impressive because he's only been doing it for such a short time, but he's curated so much amazing content. So there's a way for you to flip that sort of situation if you really haven't been in the business very long. Right. Yeah, no, that's a great point, Calvin. Right. And I think that, I mean, just because somebody has, you know, has been in the industry for you know, a decade, it doesn't necessarily mean that they have the skill set to back it up. So that's why, exactly. you know, having these free Absolutely. resources to pr provide to your clients right off the bat can be can be great. Uh, and also testimonials, I would say, you know, I think yeah, that, that those absolutely. can go an incredibly yeah. long way. Yeah, it seems like it's kind of it, it's an underused feature that I've noticed on a lot of uh, EAP sites and other websites. You know, the more testimonials you have, the better off you are. The people people are going to see that you're a reliable source of not only information, but you can get the job done numerous times and quickly Absolutely. and efficiently. And the more people the more people can see that, the better off you are in the long run. It's a really great investment. Um, so you're a I agree with you. Well, I mean, look at right. like Yelp. And, and Kelvin. I mean, nowadays people might not even go right. out to dinner without consulting Yelp. Or something like that. So you know, right? Zillow's yeah. the same way. Everybody hates Zillow, and we agree hundred thousand <laughs> yeah. percent. But uh, it's a very, very powerful tool. It's a powerful That's, review um, source. Talking and, about uh, testimonials like that too, I know is going to prompt a question to lead site users. I, I'm sure. And I just want to give a little tidbit of info here because I did make a video not too long ago about how important testimonials are for search results in general. Um, Right. And Dustin Brom was one of the people I actually consulted, and this is how he actually goes about collecting testimonials because one big question to that was, well, that's all great, but how can I grab the testimonials? What's the best way to get them? Dustin actually discusses getting a testimonial from someone in person right away. A lot of agents go about getting testimonials by emailing their clients you know, two, three weeks after they've closed already down the line when it's not even a thought in their head anymore. And uh, it doesn't really pan out for them. So Dustin actually asks people in person after closing, hey, I'm going to send you something tonight or tomorrow with a link where I'd love for you to leave me a review, leaving me some feedback on your, your experience with me. And then it's fresh in their heads, and he's had a lot of good results with that. And if you go check him out, you can just search his name on Google, and you can find five-star reviews on Yelp, five-star reviews on Facebook, Google. And uh, those things make a huge difference. So you guys are completely right. I just wanted to kind of bring up that point. No, that's yeah, fantastic. That's and it's really beneficial information for all of our EAP users, yeah. Um, you know, with that said, a lot of people are always a little concerned about, you know, putting themselves out there. And we've kind of discussed that in several podcasts and blogs and, and videos and, and all sorts of good stuff. The, the worst thing that people can say to you is, no, I don't want to do it. It's not, you know, you move on. It's there. It's something that you just kind of have to deal with. And it's nature. It's a nature of the beast. And, and you, they're going to say no. And then you move on. It's, in, in all honesty, it's their loss when you really think about it. Um, so you don't really need to stress out too much about it, but Kelvin's right. Be prompt about it. Be quick. Don't wait around for a couple months when they're all settled in their home and they've bought their puppy. They don't care anymore. They don't want to waste their time doing it. While it's still fresh in their head, like you were saying, it's a fantastic time to do so. Fantastic time to get those testimonials. Mm -hmm. um, with that said, is there anything else you guys want to chime in on about those questions? Or did you have, you said seven questions on yours, right, Paula? Yeah. Um, I think another good one is, uh, is how familiar are you with the area where I want to purchase? So what, what they are, would actually be asking is about an agent's local expertise, right? Right. Mm -hmm. 
So right. they want to know that you're a part of the community. And I think a great way for agents to do that is by having quality neighborhood pages on their lead Absolutely. site. Um, which can really help to and establish them as the local expert even before they you know, have met the client. Absolutely. And I think one of the things, too, I think it's important to understand is this is the type of question that somebody's going to be asking in a, in a, in a figurative sense because they're not going to be, this might not be something they ask you directly to your face. This might be something they're talking about you know, just to themselves rhetorically when they're searching online. Um, how familiar is this agent with the area, this main area? And then when they find your Instafarm pages from a Google search and you've got it maxed out for SEO and that's the first result coming up on a page for Austin Homes for Sale or whatever the area is, it just your credibility skyrockets. So this is the type of question that they're going to be thinking to themselves in their head um, and having that type of content prepped for those situations, like Paula said, is going to make a huge difference. Right, right. Well, and you know, like you said, the, the the Instafarm pages are, it's like almost a necessity that you get those done as fast as possible and you, you keep them up to date. Um, they are based, they're your virtual tour guide and they're your virtual sales pitch to potential leads on, on what makes the area so special. And in turn, like you said, it makes you look like you know the area because you do. You wrote the, you wrote the content. Um, and that's, that's the fantastic part about Instafarm pages. The other one that with that said is, you know, how do I know that, you know, the area, uh, blogging since we're, I mean, we're going to, we're going to bring up blogging the entire time that we're talking today. Uh, you know, a blog is a very powerful tool. Kelvin and I had a great video discussion about the top five questions I get in a coaching session. And one of them is, you know, what should I blog about? And uh, that's, it's just a great way to also expand that knowledge that you have of the area. And it doesn't have to pertain to something like real estate. It can be something, you know, totally off the wall. And uh, with that said, I think it's just a fantastic way that we give you both options to blog and kind of be more personal and then also sell the area via landing page like or via an Instafarm page and stuff like that. So it's really, really cool. Um, fantastic. So do we have anything else we want to say about that? Are we done? <laughs> no, the only thing I would say is uh, go check out the go check out Paula's blog because it's awesome. There's a lot more on here, a lot more content. Um, so I definitely think people should check it out. It's going to be going up on Facebook probably tomorrow if I don't have it up already. I don't believe I've posted okay, this one. Okay, great. Just yet. And, and with that said too, we'll we'll be also linking it in the show notes this time as well. I've been a little lackluster on on giving you guys the the links, so we'll make sure that that gets all sorted out, so you'll be able to check it out. The blog, I mean, the blog article is fantastic, Paul. You're kicking butt. Um, so super exciting. Thanks, guys. So are you, and so are <laughs> all yeah. of our. Clients. I know, right? Heck yeah. Um, we'll move on. Yeah, high fives all around. <laughs> we'll move on from the real estate reality and kind of talk about some other stuff. Um, one of my favorite portions is the EAP plays, and it's just kind of a little quick way for us to kind of help you guys guide guide you into becoming the best agents and brokers you can. One of them is finding your niche. Um, the one thing that I've actually talked to a lot of customers or a lot of EAP, I want to say customers all the time, I don't know why I say that, a lot of uh, clients, EAP users about is uh, tiny homes. Um, I don't know the exact specifics as to uh, the laws on how you sell tiny homes in your state. You may know a little bit more about it, but these things are taking off. Every, I mean, every time I look on HGTV, there is CNN's doing tons and tons of articles about them. Um, even Realtor.com and I think Inman has actually said a few things about tiny homes as well. So it's kind of a cool new feature that is kind of taking the real estate market by storm. And I was curious what you guys thought about it. I think it's a great opportunity to get in on, on some pretty fresh blog content and a pretty big search volume. Um, it's very interesting. I've seen so many different pieces of, of content coming out about tiny homes and a lot of discussion on it. 
some people saying that it's going to die down, um, some people saying that it's going to continue to grow exponentially. So I'm really interested to see how this all pans out. I didn't honestly, I didn't think it would take off as much as it did, but it's really cool really? to see this. And why? This why new is trend. that? Just out of curiosity, why did you think it was going to? I just didn't. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure that because younger generations growing into the points where they're going to be wanting homes and building families. I guess I just assumed everything would traditionally expand in terms of the home market growing into very similar to what it is now already. I just thought it would continue to grow um, with different improvements, but I never thought of homes condensing in size becoming the main selling point. Um, right. Not that it's right. a bad thing at all. It's really cool to see. And some of these things are amazing, but I just never imagined that that would be the way the market would start trending. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, it is pretty wild and interesting. I've noted what I have noticed um, with tiny homes is it seems like it's it's a bigger thing in less populated areas. So not really cities um, or, or large populations of areas, you know, the Midwest, the Southwest, those places seem to be jumping on the tiny home train a little bit more than, than say, you know, New York or California. Um, it's a pretty interesting way to live your life <laughs> actually. And I, I really, I think it's really cool and it's very, very humbling. And you know, it's one of those things like green homes, you can definitely advertise and market for, um, for tiny homes. Uh, we have a really great guy. His name's Chase. Uh, Chase Benny. He's a new new AP user, so welcome to the family. Um, he wrote a great article. He actually talked to a tiny home builder in his local area in Minnesota. A uh, really great blog article about it. So you can definitely check that out on his website. And uh, you know, to see it pop up on an EAP site, there's some traction that can be taken from it. So it's very very interesting. What do you think about it, Paula? Yeah, um, I've definitely followed the tiny home trend, and I think it's a great niche that exists. I think that um, green energy and sustainability at large are all really important and uh, areas that I think agents should pay attention to. And like you said uh, at the beginning of this conversation, that that agents should take advantage of this and start seeing what the tiny home trends are, especially in their local areas, and start um, you know, putting out content about right. that. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's really, really cool. Uh, I'm, I'm, I like Kelvin, I am very interested to see what happens with this market because like I said, it's gone from kind of this tiny, you know, this little, uh, left field idea of somebody who just doesn't want to live on the grid anymore to, uh, mm-hmm. what seems feasible. It almost seems feasible for any person to own one of these homes. They're cheap, they're easy to maintain. And they're reliable, um, you know, and it seems like a very humble lifestyle that people are kind of gearing towards lately. So it's really, really exciting. If you EAP users have any good ideas on blogging content or how you're kind of marketing to tiny home uh, potential buyers and sellers, we'd, be, we'd love to hear it. We'd be super curious about it as well. So definitely shoot us a, a, a tweet. Um, we don't have a Snapchat yet, do we? <laughs> not yet. No, no. <laughs> No, even though we had a big in-depth discussion about chat Snapchat not too long ago. <laughs> um, send us a tweet or make sure you you know hit us up on Beatzilla and say, hey, I've I've actually kind of jumped on the tiny the tiny home trend and I'm loving every second of it. Uh, like I said, I know Chase has kind of already kind of dipped his toe into it, so I hope he comes up with some more good information and some leads off of it, which would be really neat. Um, so. Moving on, once again, we're kind of cruising through. It's kind of a small podcast because we only have three three members, and we'll be sure to give Robert and Tyler some crap next time they come on. Um, <laughs> the next thing that I want to talk about is I want to discuss uh, a, a couple questions uh, or a question on BeatZillow. Um, Rakan is also a new member, and this dude has had some killer success with his lead site. 
Uh, he, he was one of those very, very fortunate individuals who learned really, really quickly, and he's already generating leads. Um, Kelvin, I know that uh, he's been asking you some questions. I'm going to read it out loud, and maybe you want to dive into it a little bit. Uh, he goes, hey, guys, I just wanted to share sure. my results of a Facebook ad campaign I ran over the last two days and, got, and wanted your opinions and advice on it. Um, I ran it only the last two days because I was, it was a little joke about the presidential elections, and I figured everyone and their mom would already be talking on Facebook about the elections anyways. So here's the results. He did reach 4,800 people with 56 link clicks and a total of 82 cents per click. Uh, 273 website visitors during the duration of the ad. Um, he, in quotes, he said, I had a, a, quite a few organic visitors to, from people sharing my posts, but only got three leads uh, that didn't even fill out the form entirely. Is this pretty typical? Are the CTR visitor lead rates I got pretty good? Is there anything I can do to optimize my cost per click? Yeah, and you know, this type of question pops up pretty frequently with people not entirely sure how to interpret the results that they got on their ads. The cost per click there is a is rather high, I would say, but I do think that has to do with the fact that this the content he was it had to do around election based content, and there's a lot of different you know news networks and blogs that are competing for ad space um, with that specific content in mind. So I believe that's why his cost per click was higher because of the context within which it was based. So with something more traditional, you know, home sellers guides, things like that, you're going to see your cost per click go down a little bit more because that's not as competitive in terms of ad space on Facebook. Um, two days, it was, it's definitely worth trying because, again, of the context and the search volume and the interest that that subject matter is generating. But again, you're going to have more success with other campaigns that can last a little bit longer. Anywhere from a week to data, two weeks where you right. can gather much the more information is going to be better. Yeah, because this a two-day time frame is really minimal to gather uh, information. Like you, you did reach a huge amount of people, honestly, and I think again that just goes back to the fact that you were creating content centered around the election, which had a huge amount of buzz. That's a fantastic play, by um, the way. Um, you know, this is this you, is one of the instances where you can yeah. kind of sit back and say, you know what, two days might have been probably your peak. Um, we, we can always assume that because we don't have the information. Uh, it's always more beneficial to have that information, but. Uh, yeah, and um, you know, regardless, either way, he didn't get any forms filled out. He he got a couple. He did get you know 273 hits back to his website, which is significant. 4,800 reach on Facebook in two days is rather significant. So that's just good PR. That's good branding. Even if you didn't capture the leads, you took advantage of mm -hmm. uh, an event that was generating a lot of buzz. And you know, lead generation or not, you and, still and had now, a lot of good know, exposure. Th this has been up on. It's been up on Beatzell. His question's been up on Beatzell for a little bit, and there is some responses on it already. I just thought it was really, really cool to see somebody who you know just started so fresh, so new, and he's already even even though the leads were partially filled, he generated them, and you know he got he got some out of it, and that's pretty cool. It means that that he's doing everything right, and uh, you know all we can really say is keep it up and and come up with some more creative content that you can advertise and try and try and advertise it a little longer, like Kelvin was saying. You know, the, the more information, that's going to be valuable for you for the rest of the site's lifespan completely. Um, Paula, I know that you are currently talking to him as well, right? I am, yeah. Um, I want to know all of his secrets. <laughs> um, for, for just, <laughs> totally, everybody wants to. <laughs> right? For, I mean, for just coming on board and, and having such amazing results, um, I'm just interested to know more about the success he's had with his lead site and what his experience um, has been because like we know these Facebook ads are meant to be repeated you know it's through right. repetitive action that you'll drive results so he's already off to a great start 
Um, and I'm really, right. I really think he's an agent to watch. And I think that um, there's so much we can learn from each other. So um, I'm, mm. I'm doing a little bit of, of an interview with him this week. And then hopefully we'll have a kind of a, an agent feature up next week that everybody can look cool. forward to. Well, that will be super exciting. So there you go, Rakan. You're also getting some freebie advertisement, which is pretty sweet. Can't beat that, right? <laughs> um we can move on to the next thing. Uh, normally we do another question, but today I wanted to talk about a, a couple of people actually that have had huge success with generating landing pages. Um, Kelvin, if you want to kind of dive into Miss, is her name Karen? Is that what it was? Yes, Karen. I'm very excited to be doing a video with Karen next week. Um, if you guys are part of BeatZillow, you saw her post. She generated, I think it was 13 leads with $26 in one week. That's awesome. She was creating something a little bit different from Brett, who also posted his success with a landing page in BeatZillow. Uh, he had 28 leads in one week. I got a video with him up on YouTube on EAP TV. There's a blog po post on it as well. Um, and we're his, seeing his a lot was, of his was. Um, what what was the difference between the two? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, that's okay. Uh, Brett was focused entirely on foreclosures. Um, and Karen was actually focused on getting people signed up to an email list with weekly updates on, you know, a specific market area. Okay. So both of those actually took some pretty significant tra uh, traction, mm -hmm. which was awesome to see. Um, there's different landing pages that you can create for a bunch of different styles of, of audiences. You know, Dustin's creating some for sellers. Uh, Brett's was great for buyers. Um, Karen's was another good one for buyers. And I'm really excited to see too, she's going to go in depth and kind of break down the targeting that she, she used for this specific ad, and that actually is becoming a very important aspect of the success these guys are having with their, their lead pages is um, the targeting options specifically. So they're actually getting much more focused and, and niche with the type of targeting options they're using on their Facebook ads. Fantastic. Um, do, you, do you happen to know of any... Facebook retargeting seems to be a little bit... Of, <laughs> it's kind of a, a, a behemoth of a monster for some people. They seem to be a little overwhelmed by it. Um, Definitely, with that said, take a look at what these guys are doing. Um, Paula, this might be a great blog article for you as well. <laughs> um, definitely, you know, take a look at what these guys are doing. Watch the videos uh, that Kelvin is uploading with these people because they definitely have figured out where they want to retarget and it's working for them, which is fantastic. Um, you know, and, and one thing one thing that's probably helping them as well is the content that, they've, that they have created on their site. Uh, so when, you know, kind of moving on to the next thing, the final thing of today, we can let Paula kind of talk about how she, what her process is when she comes up with some creative blog content for you guys. And maybe you can kind of take some advice from her and, and have her, you know, have her get your creative juices flowing so you can start creating some really cool blog Yes. Content. Yeah. I mean, and I would love to hear from, from any listeners of what, what y'all would like to, to see us writing about and making content about. Um, but as far as ad blog-based advice for agents, I think the biggest thing I would say is just to not lose sight of the actual purpose of the blog. Because when you're already struggling to create a new post, I think it can be easy to kind of get overwhelmed or forget even why you're doing it in the first, in the first mm -hmm. place. So um, you should start with the goal. And I think ultimately, as we've said a lot of times before, your goal with all of your content is to give value to get leads. Now, how you convey that value is where it, it can get really fun. Right. That's where the, creative, the creativity comes make, out, which is really cool. 
Yeah, I mean, and it's like, if you're going to worry about something, you know, worry about, like we've been talking about retargeting, get it, getting the content in front of your audience, which, you know, of course, we provide a lot of content, a lot of hacks for that as well. But don't stress over this, this creative right. part, because um, this is where you really get to show off your personality, um, you know, and you don't have, if you hate writing, you don't necessarily even have to do that on its own. You can make right. videos. You could start a podcast. Right. There are a lot of different creative mediums now for you to um, share content. Well, I... Because, I mean, I think what it comes down to really is people, they want to work with mm -hmm. an expert. Oh, that's why we have you on the show. And today. really, no... <laughs> <laughs> right, well, and that's why, you know, you two are such, you know, great support coaches because you, you've become an expert and for local communities, nobody is going to fill that role better than the real estate agent who is active in their community and mm. sharing the, and the knowledge allows you to do that. that they can bring. And the blog you to do that. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, okay. Yeah. So, so first thing, first thing I mean, is start, really, start with the, what you're trying to accomplish, right? So you're trying to create beneficial content that will lead hopefully to a potential lead, right? Right. Yes. Give, give them okay. something useful. Provide knowledge, you know, information, something that's educational. It can be entertaining, but give them something useful. Okay. Well, there you go. Pretty easy, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One other question, Paula. Um, like the, in the past couple of weeks, you've been just cranking out blog content. What's like, I know, I know having a main goal is, is obviously, like you just said, a huge aspect of it. But what's, is there any other parts to the process for you when it comes to actually coming up with the ideas for the blogs yourself? Like, do you just sit down and write down seven, eight ideas and then just crank through the list? Like, what's your process for coming up with all the different topics? Um, I'm personally a fan of having an editorial calendar. And this ah. doesn't have to be anything, you know, real fancy. Um, I just might open a Google Doc for myself and kind of, you know, start writing my ideas down. Um, and, you know, and the other thing you can do is you can look at, you know, you can go on Pinterest and look at all of the topics that already exist in real estate because there's a lot. And then you can take a hyper local approach to making those things suit your community. So, for instance, if you saw a post that said the secret of selling your home for 15% more. You could localize that by adding in Dallas, Texas, or whatever area you're serving. Or, Absolutely. you know, if you saw something that said, design the backyard of your dreams, you could yeah. help to make that actionable for your audience by adding, design the backyard right. of using, your dreams using this a, weekend. Using cheap, so cheap it's something that they can use. Or something like that. You can kind of customize it more. Okay. No, that makes sense. <laughs> right. um, as far as like, what's your what's your research routine like when you're trying to? Because I, I what I one thing I love about your blog post is the massive amount of information you give, and it's it's true information. It's not some whimsical thing that you've pulled. You know, you've just kind of went through and, and pulled out pulled you know pulled out of thin air. This is all like, and you know, you find all this fantastic research. So how long does it take on average for you to get that information sorted out? I would say that I spend the majority of my time researching. Because okay. once you you compile everything you want to use, it's just a matter of following, you know, of following a format and, and putting it on the page. Um, I think that research is really important and particular doing deep dives into whatever subject you're covering because that is how you become the expert. 
by, by doing your research to basically save your clients and your, your future leads the time from having to do it themselves. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Now you provide that information and you're the source. Absolutely. Right. So it's, so it's totally worth it to spend the extra day kind of cycling through and seeing what the pertinent information, the beneficial stuff is. And yeah. It and I think sure. one of the biggest challenges to agents, they, they bring up this point where they don't want to they don't want to spend the time and actually put in the time to create stuff that's more in depth like that. But these blogs and these this content that you're creating has such a long lifespan that you, if you put a lot of time and effort into creating a very in depth, informative piece of content like you do, Paula, that's something that we can bring up and link somebody to later months down the line. So we don't even, I mean, the question's answered. Hey, you got, you're asking that question now. Here's a link to something that I wrote that breaks it all down in depth. And you can use that indefinitely throughout the rest of your career. Mm -hmm. Right. And you can always update it. I mean, there's always ways to make your content relevant, especially with the way, you know, we're going through rapid technological changes. Even what I recently wrote about chatbots and virtual reality, yeah. there's mm -hmm. already more information out there. So you can always do follow-ups. You can always come back to it. But the only thing worse than, you know, than not having, you know, the, the content is, is just not writing at all. So right. yeah, that's, that's, you know, don't, that's don't so yourself. important. That is so important that, uh, I, I think everybody should take a note on is you're better off writing the information, no matter how, um, mundane you may think it is than not writing it. You know, um, you're, you're that type of person who's a master at what you do. And it's really important for you to share that wealth of information with everybody because it be, it, it just, it, like you said, you can always refer back to it later down the line. Um, with blogs particular, you know, specifically in, in our EAP sites, you know, you may write a blog about virtual reality and there, you know, you might have this fantastic information two years go down the line and now they're finding out that virtuality, virtual reality is making people go crazy, right? It's putting them in the world. They're falling, they're getting depressed because they're not in it all the time or, or anything like that. Any new news relation, you can totally revert back and say, Hey, you know, this is really cool because I actually wrote an article about this and what I felt was important about it and you can click it you can click it here uh you know it's great it's it's a encyclopedia is what that blog is of just pertinent information that you think is valuable um so yeah well and one thing i loved about that virtual reality article is that when uh, kelvin shared it on facebook somebody commented and was like oh you forgot to mention oh right this. yeah um i can't um i can't remember what it was and i was like wow like they're really they're really paying attention, and I think that the, the same thing goes for agents. If you've established your social media presence, your audience is going to tell you what they're interested yeah, in. Absolutely, that's you true. You just kind of have to. Do you remember you what know, that was? Calvin engage them. And... It was. Let me actually pull it up. I know it Preston was... commented on it. Actually, I. It was. Oh, like the Google, yeah. It was the uh, the very the cheap the device that Google had constructed for basically their. It's like a. Uh, a much more cost-effective uh, tool for VR type stuff. Okay, other than like the LG three thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. This right. one's like a it's right, like a cardboard exactly. box. That <laughs> yeah, Google people can that's use. That's what's up. Yeah, but it still works. It's a really cool little thing, actually. I remember using it over at UNM at one you point. You know what's really, really wild cool. about that is you know looking at this. Uh, who who was it that that wrote in? What was his name? When? Uh, who who re replied saying, don't forget about the Google headset or the Google stuff? Oh, Preston. Yeah, so Preston, that's something you want to write about too. Um, we love that you commented on it, but hey, you know, write about it on your blog. EAP was, EAP was awesome to offer up this fantastic information about 3D, um, you know, 3D goggles or, or you know, uh, 3D virtual reality. But uh, I also have an alternative that I like to use, and this is why I like it. That's a great blog article, and we'll even comment on it. Um, so, yeah, totally. 
completely, you know, there's so much information that you can use and there's so much creativity that you can do with it as well. Absolutely. So, what else, any other super secret tips to your creativity? Because I know I get writer's block within like 30 minutes of writing something. Yeah, writer's block is definitely real, but that's why I think it, it's good to just kind of step back for a minute if you have to and and just remember your goal. It's, it's to, to be useful to your audience. And mm -hmm. if you need to go out in your community and, you know, and get inspiration that way, I think that's fine. And like, like you said before, it doesn't have to be just real estate specific. You could provide a guide to, you know, for people visiting, you could provide a guide for the best five burger places in town, and then, you know, share that article on your Facebook page and tag them all. I mean, like there's, there's a lot right. of different things. So not only are you the local real estate expert, but now you're also becoming a, a community partner. Um, and I think that that's very valuable mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, um, we actually, Kelvin and I discussed that on that t that video that we made together too. Um, Blogging is a fantastic way to partner up with local businesses. Um, it helps you in the long run because you generate a relationship with, with somebody who, who, you know, it's a give and take. They You kind of give them a little bit of advertising and in turn they can do the same for you. Um, it leads to some pretty, pretty cool stuff. I've seen people uh, do some really wild stuff with um, – Oh my goodness! What is it called? An ar with arborists and, mm. and you know trying to sell their home and looking for a specific way to try and capture leads via a squeeze page. And what they did was they did a nice little blog ar blog article about this arborist who can you know beautify your your home before you sell. And you know if you like them and you give them their your you know you you give us your information, we can give you a coupon for a discount when they go to fix your your property up right before it sells. Stuff like that. And it's all because of a blog. It's very, very powerful. It's really, really cool. Yeah, and there so. are so many local experts in, in our communities. You know, it could be other agents who have a special insight or loan officers or home inspectors or uh, an interior designer, you know, yeah, like that's, especially that's for idea. winter. Like, I mean, there's there's so much. It's just, it's just not limiting yourself because, you know, you feel blocked. There's so much information available and so many people that are um, accessible and I'm sure would love to, you know, to cross promote and partner up with, uh, with agents. Right. Um, I know we're kind of running out of time, Kelvin, if you want to wrap up, if you have anything to say about your blogging creativity, because I know you're active as well. Um, we can go ahead and get that sorted out and then we will wrap it up. No, I mean, one of the biggest things that Ty probably Tyler, Paula and myself all agree on is the only other thing that I think hasn't been mentioned yet is just try to make your blogs as visual as you possibly can, you know, incorporate as much images, as, as many imagery, images as you can, getting video paired in there, uh, making the blog content as engaging as possible is going to be very important. That's as fantastic we move into the new advice. Year. Um, hopefully that, you know, hopefully you guys uh, get some notes down on it. And uh, if you guys have any questions for us or comments about the show, definitely send us a tweet or go on Beatzillow, the Beatzillow Facebook group. Let us know what you thought, and we will be happy to keep on trucking and give you more awesome information about the real estate market um, and blogging advice from our super special guest, Paula and Kelvin, and hopefully Tyler and Robert will be back if they don't give us any more lame excuses as to why they're not here. Um, <laughs> with that said, Paula, thank you very much for sitting in with us and, and kind of doing a yeah, it was Thank a pleasure. So much, I love Paula. working with you guys. <laughs> we do too. We love working with you too. So it works out. It's perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sure we'll have you on more if there's another couple really great blogs that appear. 
uh, or if we have some more questions about blogging. Um, one thing I did want to say as well is that we are rolling out some new content for you guys relatively soon, so stay tuned for that, um, and then we will see you next week. Thank you. Thanks for listening to In The Lead. If you've enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher and leave us an honest review. For more great content like this, check out our blog at easyagentpro.com.